Hello and welcome to another edition of the Franchise Tag. I am Gareth Smith and today I'm joined by Johnny from Off The Grid. How are you doing, Johnny? Hi, Gareth. Lovely to be on. Um, yeah, a busy week. Um, but yeah, it's been made made good by having some football to watch, which is... Yeah, it has. And that's why we're here today, really, because I know the NFL season has finished, the Super Bowl is done and dusted in and in the rearview mirror, and we're not quite ready for things like free agency or the draft yet. But there is new football in town. We have the XFL, which had its first week this week. How did you find the opening weekend, Johnny? It was a roller coaster. It really was like um, you know a, a new format of watching American football is you know always going to be an exciting exciting thing whether or not you know you you, you like or dislike the rules it's just an interesting watch and that's why I, I found this weekend i think you know the xfl as a as a concept such a, a great way to try and bring new fans into into the game and um you know it's had its ups and downs as a as a you know as a um, um as a model for for the sport um, you know, in 2020, obviously, with, with COVID, that was, was unsuccessful. Um, you know, it's original inception as well, which which didn't get off to a great start. But I, I think now, if you know, um, the complete remodeling that um, that has gone into it, um, yeah, it looks like a very exciting prospect. And the weekend the whole seemed to be a, a great success. I think, um, yeah, it was just great to great to watch and look forward to seeing the games and, and seeing how it progresses over the next few weeks. You mentioned XFL 1.0, which obviously I watched. That if you've seen that documentary, I think it's on Disney Plus about XFL 1.0. How that one ever came about was just beyond me. No such thing as a safe kick. Um, you, there was you couldn't call a fair catch. The players fighting for the kickoff that resulted in constant injuries. But there were some things from that initial one that we now take for granted in the NFL, like some of the camera angles which they used. Um, you mentioned XFL 2.0 as well, which I'll be honest, I think if it wasn't for COVID, that league might still be going today because that league looked like it had a real good shot. Um, but XFL 3.0 was with us and we started off with the Vegas Vipers versus the Renegades. That one, I think you'll agree with me. By half time, it looked like it was going to be a very one-sided display, as because Lewis Perez came out was scoring touchdowns here, there, and everywhere, and Renegades just looked like they couldn't get anything going. But by full time, they won. How did that come about? Oh, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, this was the yeah the opening game of um, a completely new franchise model of American football. And it, oh, honestly, the, the twists and turns are probably nail biter of a, a finish as well. Um, yeah, like you say, I think um, uh, Perez uh, just a game of two halves, really. I think you know, obviously, that one of the notable differences between this and and the NFL is 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 quality, but that doesn't that doesn't mean it's any less exciting. You know, Perez did he score was it was it two touchdowns in the in the first half within you know the first um, quarter or so, and then going on to throw a handful of pick sixes for the rest of the game. Yeah. It's just such a topsy-turvy, um, yeah, league. But, it, it, you know, we saw on Twitter, um, you know, fans um, coming out, and which included, you know, current NFL players as well, saying just how exciting and and such a good watch it was the opening weekend. Um, and, yeah, and I think the, the, the opening game was such a, a, a good advert for that. We had, you know, the, the 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 rules and the new rules come into place. People who, mm. you know, unnecessarily been aware of that um, 
um, you know, these coming into the into the season would have been, you know, a bit shocked to see well, what's going on here. Why why are the um, uh, why the kicking team and the returning team lining up, um, you know, so close together or um, you know, what a fourth and fifteen onside kick? What's 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 this? Yeah, it was um, yeah crazy, but um, but yeah, really really exciting. And um, yeah, full credit to the um, um, to the um, uh, oh, getting the name because too many the relegate. Sorry, didn't it, uh, for, for winning that opening game. Uh, commiserations of Vipers. I thought you know, looking at, at their team, they could be um, a bit of a dark horse um, this year. Um, but yeah, wasn't meant to be the first game. But, um, and we'll see. you mentioned them at the back of their squad. I think that I think one thing we need to take into account for a lot of these teams is the fact that they've literally had five weeks of training camp together. They've had no pre-game scrummages. So you're going to have these like teething problems early on with these teams. But when you look at that team, they've got the likes of Vic Beasley playing there. They've got um, Lewis Perez, who's seasoned in the alternative leagues. They've got Martavius Bryant at wide receiver. Um, they have got some well-known names and firepower there. So I do agree with you. I think they are going to be a good side this year. And they've got a Hall of Fame head coach in Rod Woodson, who I can imagine that defence to get better as yeah. the season goes on as a result. I think what I found particularly interesting about that opening game is because, as you mentioned, it was getting to know the rules. How did you find that different onside kick? Whereas in the NFL, you don't see it, the kickoff, you don't see that in return much. In the XFL, they all were pretty much. How did you find that new variant of a kickoff? Yeah, I, I, the kickoff, obviously, you know, the first point of the game, it was... I, I mean, I obviously read, read knew what was going to happen, but when you see it, it was like, wow, this just looks incredibly strange and what's going to happen here. But I, yeah, I, I really, really like that rule. I think um, I was reading the, the NFL return rates uh, in 2020, uh, 2022 was around 40%. Um, in the XFL, it's over 90, um, which, you know, just shows, you know, we, you know, for a league that's trying to make itself exciting and bring in new fans, um, you know, those sort of little tweaks, they don't want to see, you know, the touchbacks or, you know, kicks that that, that aren't returned. Um, so, yeah, it obviously adds the the excitement value of um, seeing teams potentially going on to return um, the first um, the first play. Uh, but also, I think from uh, a, a safety point of view as well, I was listening to a podcast mm. a couple of days ago um, uh, talking about this, and I think... Over the last few few years, we've seen a few times on you know the opening plays where people get injured. You know whether that be uh, twisting a knee, returning, or uh, simply you know running full throttle blocking um, within you know the first minute, which obviously impacts um, the game from the start. I, you know I can see the, the the reasons for that as well. But um, but overall, I, 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 anything that <laughs> you know that makes it more exciting. Um, I'm, I'm all ears for. And I had a feel of rugby league about it when the kick returns, I thought. Because you have two yeah. banks of teams and they were basically they were running straight at a line of players. And like it felt like rugby league because the teams were moving in a line to make the tackle and there was two or three guys making it whenever it was on the return. Which, as someone who's passionate about my rugby league, I don't see that as a bad thing, having a game, rugby league being emulated in American football. Um, Taylor Rossellino had a very good game, the kicker, who, friend of the show, has been on. If you haven't watched it, going to plug it now, obviously. Um, He was perfect, three for three, and they went on to win. The next game we had was our first blowout of the XFL, in all honesty. You had the Houston 
Roughnecks versus the Orlando Guardians. And sadly, that game didn't look close. Early on, it did because Paxton Lynch drove the Guardians down the field. And we had quite an interesting touchdown in that one. Was it a touchdown? Wasn't it? Was it an interception instead? But what was really interesting was listening to Dean Blandino and the referees analysing and coming to that discussion to why that decision was made. How did you find being able to hear the ref reviews? Yeah, I, I, I think it's something that, I mean, like I say, I'm passionate about other sports, rugby league, rugby union, and hearing that, so, you know, the NFL is pretty similar, you know, the officials command respects. Um, it's not like, you know, unfortunately, you know, we don't want to get into uh, talking about another sport like, like, like football and the officiating or, you know, the potential abuse that referees sort of face. But I think it adds, you know, that that extra sort of element of of respect that, you know, obviously the the the, re- the referees are accountable, officials are accountable mm-hmm. for everyone to hear, um, you know, that the processes of making of making decisions, I think, you know, makes it for a, for a, for a better spectacle um, for their point of view, I think it commands that sort of respect. Um, yeah, the, I, you know, we've we've criticised the NFL this year for um, uh, the officiating, and you know, particularly mm. off the back of the Super Bowl as well. I think this was, you know, coming into the XFL, I think this was probably one of the the biggest sort of talking points. And um, and yeah, I thought, you know, it wasn't just, you know, the, we had female ref. Uh, sideline refs as well at the weekend which was you know great to see yeah um completely you know diverse um um you know squad of people and yeah i, I I'm, I'm all for it. i think they did a, a great job in in reviewing that particular play um and yeah i'm all for all for any you know making you know f- as, a, as a fan you want to know exactly what's going uh, yeah you know the thought presses of um of, of people whether that be you know, officials or, or players. So, yeah, all for it. And to be fair, that was what I thought was quite interesting in that sense in the fact that if if they couldn't make a decision, you actually heard them go, ah, oh, we can't see enough here to do it. Yeah. Which sometimes as a fan, it frustrates you going, I can see something. But if the ref, you actually kind of categorically hear the ref go, can't see enough to overturn it. It kind of gets rid of that anger. And you mentioned the Super Bowl. Being an Eagles fan, that's still a bit of a sore subject. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> but at least there's the option to challenge a flag that you don't agree with, which again is a very, very interesting rule that I'll be honest with the NFL had not too long ago mm. as an option. Um, but then we move on to our fourth game of the weekend, which now that wasn't a tale of two halves. That was a tale of three quarters and one quarter or even three quarters and and. Th- and majority of a quarter in two minutes. Like, how the Battlehawks won that game, I do not know. But that wasn't half an example of showing the rules to its maximum potential with the three-point point after attempt and then the four and 15 on your own 25 to retain the ball in the fourth quarter. If that wasn't an example of how the XFL is exciting, I do not know what is. What did you think of that game? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the Battlehawks overcoming a twelve-point deficit in the space of what was it? Um, Two minutes and a half. Yeah, re- absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, yeah, like I say, like you, you sort of mentioned seeing the the the, the, the three-point plays and the 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 four and fifteen. I mean, 
I mean, this is perfect for the XFL, something, uh, you know, a, a league that's just trying to, to create as much excitement as possible. But can you imagine being 20 points up? If you're, if you're, say, like the New York Jets and you're 20 points off with two minutes to go against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and then all of a sudden he comes back and <laughs> scores two touchdowns, um, <laughs> three three-pointers, and then, yeah, two, four and fifteens. Oh, uh, can you imagine that in the NFL? Uh, that would it be ju- the biggest killer. It just screams of <laughs> Chargers or Falcons, that, doesn't it? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> if that rule was um, in the NFL, it just screams of Chargers and Falcons all day long. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, if Roger Dedell, if you don't get any ideas because uh, I think I'm, yeah I'm less keen less keen on on um, on those but um but yeah I think like you say um the the, the Ballhawks they they were a team who I thought again on paper they're going to be um they're going to be up there and you know in the first half San Antonio showed you know complete dominance I thought I thought you know there was no way I had no idea how the the Ballhawks won that game. Um, so you know, credit obviously goes to um, uh, AJ McCarron, who's you know a respectable um, former NFL player in his own right, um, and showed you know that he's he's a, he's a very talented player in those last couple of minutes. Um, which yeah, I mean, it's a huge win for the Battle Hawks. Um, I think they go on to play um, um, the Sea Sea Dragons, isn't it? So, is that to, that's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, on, on Thursday. Um, it's Vegas, so, Seattle on Thursday. Yeah, um, I yeah. think they're up against. Who are they up against? Oh, sorry, yes, it, is, yeah. it, as well. it is. Yeah, um, I should have looked. Exactly. This yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm but, yeah. I didn't, but yeah, but um, yeah, no full credit to the Battle Hawks, but um, yeah, I, yeah, we'll um. <laughs> we'll wait again to see if we we have another another uh, one of those controversial onside kicks because um, yeah, if, if if I was a fan if I was a fan of San Antonio I'd be I'd be livid. <laughs> but to be fair, the atmosphere in the Alamo Dome looked phenomenal. It was the biggest attended game of the weekend, uh, over twenty thousand fans in there, and the atmosphere in there looked rocking. Um, it looked yeah, like San Antonio has proper embraced because it is a. City that kind of needs a franchise. Um, how much was how positive was it seeing the fans in San Antonio fully embrace the XFL? Yeah, absolutely, completely agree with you. I think this was definitely the best atmosphere of um, of the weekend. It was, you know, a very raucous atmosphere um, with, you know, obviously the team performing for majority of the game um, as they did. Um, you know, it's a big, big sporting city. They've got you know, great franchises in basketball. Um, and yeah, just been calling out for, for, for some, um, you know, some football noise, I think, um, over the years. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I think compared to, you know, the other sort of games, we've obviously talked and praised um, uh, the XFL for, for, for attracting fans. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of empty seats, which was, was obvious. And I think that's natural, though, in, 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 a, yeah. new, um, in a new... Um, yeah, a new tournament, um, but um, but yeah, I think you know that's obviously a challenge that 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 um, that, that, that they're going to face. Um, it's difficult to to recruit people, particularly on the back of such as you know such a huge NFL season. I mean, obviously, it's mm. huge, but we're you know two weeks less than two weeks gone from um, from the Super Bowl, which was you know one of the best ever. Um, but um, but yeah, I saw something around that the the average price of um, an XFL seat was around 110 
dollars, which I thought would, was quite expensive. Um, you know, I mean, if you compare it to, you know, some, for some, obviously for some NFL games, if you, you can get them last minute for, you know, that sort of price or, or, or less. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, coming to a new sport, you're not sure what to expect. Seats aren't full. I just thought, you know, that's that's something that I think, um, um, you know, the, 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 the tournament officials are going to have to look at a little bit. Um, because it's not great. Yeah, I've got obviously. Some, to be fair, they've got some cheap deals on as well, because obviously I... I... I've had various players on, so you, you always talk about what what the games have got coming up and what the availability looks like. But some of the stadiums have some dirty tickets. Like you can get eighteen dollars to some games, and like there's got some of the stadiums had season tickets for hundred dollars, which is ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Um, but as you say, the really good seats are going to obviously demand a higher price, yeah. but. It depends where people are willing to look and where they want to sit and all that kind of stuff. And as you say, it's a long season. Um, and that some of these cities, as I say, having or American football franchise already in the NFL, you've got some fans who've spent a season ticket already, like to Houston. Don't get me wrong, they've supported the Texans all year, so having a winning franchise might be a nice novelty and lead to them wanting to go to those games. DC as well hasn't really had success in the NFL for a long time. So a good, successful franchise in the defenders there, I think would come in really handy. And obviously I think less said about the Raiders in Vegas, the better when it comes to what goes on with that team. Um, so there are some potentials for some of these cities to have fans gravitate towards these. Cause if you have winning franchises, you're naturally going to get fans in the stands. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think that, yeah, like you said, the, um, the demographic, the, sorry, the, the yeah, the geography of of where the the um, um, where the franchises are based on, you know, Houston, uh, Vegas, like you've, like you've mentioned, you know, they're just crying out for a bit of bit of success in a football field. So yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can um, you know attract fans to um, to yeah come and support and hopefully see some some winning football. And. Um- the last game we had on the weekend was the Seattle Sea Dragons versus DC. Now, these were two teams go into the season I had as potential championship rosters. Um, I really like what DC have built with some of the players they've got on that roster. I really like their running back room, their um, QB room. I quite like how that roster's built. And same with Seattle. And Ben DiNucci in that one showed exactly the player that he was on that opening drive. Going down the field and more or less doing a Mahomes-esque flick out to Josh Gordon, who those two names alone are probably the biggest names in the XFL we've got right now. Um, But DC won out. And again, that atmosphere looked really good. Um, There was controversy in that game. I don't know if you saw the beer snake was taken away from the home fans and led to um, free, free the snake trending on Twitter. Come Sunday, uh, which is always a worrying hashtag to be seeing uh, on anything. Um, but yeah, free the free the snake was trending again. That atmosphere looked really, really good, and it looked. I, I keep mentioning rugby league, but it looked rugby league esque with the. It wasn't packed stands, but what was there looked entertained, loud, and enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, DC fans, I think, also brought a lot of noise to that game and I'm curious how that franchise will look um, what did you think of that game in particular did you 
pay much attention to that one with it being very late Sunday night for us. Yeah, I mean it was obviously the I think it was the 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 most eagerly anticipated game of the the weekend. You know, you've mentioned Josh Gordon, Ben DiNucci for the Sea Dragons, um, you know, big NFL names in the their own right to an extent. Um and the defenders as well have got um, you know, um yeah, two two, you know, big big sort of teams. Um coming up against each other so yeah uh, the the game that you know obviously um um the defenders ran out um and, and won the game in the end at 22 18 i think it was um yeah but um but yeah the sea dragons i think in in the first half um were you know the dominant team they seemed to be um in rhythm um uh, ben Dinesh, obviously who we've mentioned i think that the, the game changing moment was when he threw um, that pick six in the third quarter, um, and yeah, the defenders, you know, um, went on to win the game. Um, is it King, the quarterback for the defenders? Yeah, um, you got so you got Jordan Tamu who ran in yes, the first Jordan touchdown. Tamu, yeah. Um, who again, an episode of I've done, so make sure you check that one out. I need to stop plugging these in this episode, don't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> Trust me, go over to go to, over to franchise tag over to look at the franchise tag over time, and you will literally see a lot of the players I've accidentally mentioned and name dropped in this have been interviewed by myself. Um, so John Tamo, he ran in for the first one, and then K- uh, King came in for the second one. Yeah, he, he looks real there. good, dual threat quarterback, very yeah. mobile. Um, I remember someone describing him as Jalen Hurt light. Um, just because he because he's dead quick and mobile, but um, not quite. Obviously, it's Jalen's level, but yeah, he he looked really good when he came out. Um, it is going to be interesting how the the teams adapt because there are some rules which we haven't really seen used much yet. Like mm. in XFL two point it was used quite a lot. Was the two forward passes as long as they get past the line of scrimmage, um, which led to a lot of teams deploying two quarterback sets. We haven't seen that yet, but. Uh, Wonder whether we will over the next few weeks. So yeah, that's that's overall that's the rules. Yeah, that I've been looking forward to, to seeing because it's it's what I mean. I looked back at yeah at uh, two point and 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 some of the the plays there, and it just looks a, a mile away from um, you know what you sort of expect. So yeah, that's that's an interesting play. Um, but uh, but yeah. So what did you think of the coverage overall? Because ESPN were involved, so they didn't have small-time regional where some of these other leagues which do appear don't quite get the power of ESPN behind it. Um, how did you find the coverage overall? Yeah, I think it's... I mean, it was it was hard to get away from the, 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 the gambling advertising that on the, you know, the, the broadcasts, yeah. which I'm sure, you know, many fans are okay with, but, you know, at the end of the day, you... you this is a you know an unknown sort of entity and and you know encouraging people to to, to bet on um things that they don't they don't really know we had no idea you know who was going to win who was going to you know um, what was going to happen really um and yeah i think it was just you know it just added to the encouragement to, to put a bet on when you the saw third the third game was part. particularly the third yeah. game was particularly bad for that like literally if they had mentioned uh, if you had to have a shot every time they mentioned, if you'd bet on the over versus the under, you'd have been hammered by half time. Because yeah. like, they must have mentioned it all the time. Every Absolutely. time a drive ended, it was like, oh, if you're betting on the over right now, you'll be worried. It's like, 
can we maybe drop that now? Like, yeah. we get it. There's gambling. There's always gambling involved in sports. But do you know what? You don't need to constantly go on about the overs and the unders all the time. And that's what I, that was one of the negatives. I did think that they were pushing that a bit too much. I think you're right there. Um, some of the interview timings were random as well. Like, I remember when they interviewed Taylor Rossellino was just about to kick off. Before, <laughs> and they literally stopped him for an interview. And I was like, because yeah. I, was, I, was, I was speaking to him afterwards and I was like, I, I bet you just wanted them to tell him to go away. I just want to kick this ball now. And he just laughed at me. Because um, I was like, just a random time to interview was, someone when they're about to kick it off. <laughs> yeah, it was in, in the first game as well. I think the, the Renegades ran in for um, uh, a touchdown. I can't remember who it was. And yeah, the reporter just sticking his microphone, didn't get any words whatsoever. Like, oh, come on, give him, give him a sec. Give him a sec. He's just, he's just going to touch it. He's going mental with the celebrations and you're trying to get a word. It was, yeah, crazy. We've seen a lot of sports doing this. Um, but, you know, obviously we can hear the, 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 the officials. We want to hear the players as well. So, yeah. Maybe just uh, don't wrong. I did find that quite fun. But it's always the same. It always makes me laugh after the the Olympics, particularly. It always makes me laugh because they do the same thing. Someone just allowed 100 metres in like nine seconds and they'd literally just finished. <laughs> and like, how did that go? <laughs> and you know, it's the exact same thing as what they had there with the so touchdown. We want to see. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I do like. Yeah. Sorry. I've. It, just, in, just intrigued I, I, by all this, all this, um, yeah, player talk. I don't get me wrong. I did like some of the side, and I did like the fact that you heard every, all the play calling. Because not yeah. that it means anything when you hear them saying those those random word combinations, unless you are proper knowledgeable, which sadly I'm not. But it was interesting to hear them being called, and and the fact that they didn't cut off their headsets. Um, with like 15 seconds to go, like the NFL does, so they could because yeah. what you saw happen was. Offenses changing the the play call because they looked at how the defense lined up. But I thought it was really interesting as a dynamic and something that the XFL has obviously a different insight to the NFL. Is that something you think we could see in the NFL? Yeah, one hundred percent. I um, you know, I'm actually surprised that it's it's not happened already. Um, I think it just creates you know um, more of the cohesion you know required for for, for good football. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you know that the whole aspect of being able to hear uh, the sidelines um, is something that people you know like to see in in the you know post tweets yeah. or clips afterwards or during the game. Um, so yeah, I can I can definitely see that continuing to the NFL. Um, you know, perhaps it's yeah, perhaps it is even you know I think better timing wise is perhaps interviewing coaches. Um, you know, during the game, um, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps talking to, you know, a quarterback or an offensive coordinator um, when, you know, they're not on, actually on the field um, could, could be a good sort of solution. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it's all about timing. Um, that's that's the thing, yeah. you know, not to respect <laughs> these people are doing the jobs so, and are probably quite annoyed if they're, you know, constantly getting, getting um, um, uh, asked to do little, uh, interviews, um, particularly if, if the, yeah. their team's losing. Don't go to the QB straight after a pick sniff and go, what went wrong there? Because <laughs> obviously it's not going to go down well. And like, it was just, it was just the, the, the there, one that jumped out. Oh, it was. But the one that jumped out to me was just, you could just see on like Taylor's face as he was 
stood there almost. You could almost see him going, go away. I want to kick the ball. <laughs> and it's like, why are we doing this just for a kickoff? I just, I yeah. I think these are things that will get ironed out as the season goes yeah. on. They'll get better at finding those moments. It's because bear in mind that these TV crews, it's their first time doing this approach as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So that's obviously one of the negatives about some of the random interviews. But at the same time, it was good at the same time. It, it's one of those situations. Is there anything that you think the XFL should worry about from week one? Um, I think it's just keeping up with, you know, the consistent. We've had, you know, a really good opening weekend. I think it's it's been a, a real success. But being able to sustain that, you know, obviously The Rock, Danny Garcia, um, Redbird Capital have thrown an awful lot of money and I know an awful lot of money mm. has been thrown into it in the past. So they need some sort of, you know, some good return and investment. Obviously, you know, the the um, uh, the attendances at, at uh, stadiums is relatively low. Um, and, you know, opening weekends, could could that potentially be, you know, the peak of, of where we go? I hope not. I hope they can just, you know, no. continue, um, um, you know, trying to fill stadiums as best they can. Um, you know, we know the quality is not as good as the NFL, but, you know, that means it's more exciting because you get those um, plays where, you know, no one knows what's really going to happen. Um, and, you know, obviously the added uh, the added rules make it, um, make it an even better spectacle. So I think, you know, that side of thing, you know, the on-field thing can, can take care of itself. Um, it's just how, yeah, how it's sort of marketed, and you know they ha- they have to be different to, to uh, the NFL and and um, other you know other leagues um, because it is you know an experiment um, and you know business model at the end of the day. Yeah, I just yeah really hope it's it's it continues the way it has. It was yeah really good weekend, but um, but yeah we'll see. It's it's one of those things. I think the. American football does need a development league. Because when you look at over here, particularly talk about with football or mm. uh, rugby or all that, there's never just one division. Like, how many players have we seen gone from bottom division to top division in football pyramids? Like, Jamie Vardy's a classic case of a player that, if he was in American sports in, in the NFL, he would never have had a good career because he wouldn't have had a career. So there needs to be a pathway like this. And the likes Absolutely. of the XFL, whether it be in USFL, whether it be indoor leagues or fan controlling, if that's still around, I'm not entirely sure. But there needs to be another avenue for players to make a living from this sport. And the amount of athletes that go through college year in, year out, and then come to the end, there needs to be an option. And I think this does seem a very viable option for players. Um and I do hope it does continue. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, some sometimes when people um, I've spoken to to friends who are perhaps interested in other sports, and they ask about the NFL and you know that sort of development sort of league, mm-hmm. it, it's so you know inclusive. You know, um, once you're out of college and you're not in that circle of the NFL, it's so incredibly hard yeah. to get back in. Um, and you know, in other sports, we see so many different stories of. Um, you know, obviously they are quite rare at the same time, you know, percentage sort of wise, um, you know, if, you, if you're down at the bottom, it does take an awful lot to get back um, yeah. uh, back to the top. But in the NFL, um, you know, the pinnacle of American football, it, once once you're out, it's so, so hard to, yeah. to get back in. Um, and 
if the if the XFL can turn into you know a, a prime development league where um, you know players who perhaps gone undrafted or um, you know had a whether that be injury form um, sort of decline through their their career and just need some time to play to play football uh, to catch the eyes of scouts and, and teams from across the league then. That would be absolutely fantastic, and I'd love to see mm. you know more of more of that sort of signing. Um, uh, you know, NFL teams coming to, to to sign XFL players and give them a chance. Um, yeah, it just makes for a better model, I think, um, mm. as a sport. And well, you look at the XFL two point You had the two names obviously that jumped out and have played NFL snaps and starts have been Taylor Heineke and PJ Walker. Um, you do wonder, obviously, which players... Obviously, we can't say if after week one which players they're going to be because sometimes you have those players have a freak first game and then they go on and do nothing first season or they have an absolute nightmare first game and go on to have an amazing season. But I think it's just going to be interesting to see how the league develops. Obviously, we've got some interesting games this weekend and they begin tomorrow night with Seattle versus the Vegas Vipers. It's Seattle's chance to host a game. Now, their fans are quite passionate and I'm expecting there to be a decent number of them. Um, I know it's hard at this point, but if you had to pick a winner, who are you going for? Uh, for me, I'll go for Seattle. I think, yeah, like you say, I think this is going to be the um, um, the atmosphere um, that everyone's sort of been looking for. Um, it's, you know, it's a raucous Rawker Stadium, anyway, um, and I think you know, just just having another game of, of, of football there, you can't you can't really bet against the Seattle team um, at home. So, yeah, I'll go for the Sea Dragons. Yeah, I'll be honest, I'll do the same just because of the fact that they've got their fan base is quite passionate and quite big, and I don't want to upset them early. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, as well, I say I can't bet against some of the players they've got on their lineup. Um, they've got obviously some of the more household names in the league. Um, and they did demonstrate, albeit in a losing display, but I still think they will be the team around there or thereabouts come championship time, end of the season, at the Alamo Dome, as it was confirmed this weekend as well. But overall, I think successful first weekend for the XFL, and something I think we're all looking forward to week two. Um, Johnny, thank you very much for your time today. Very much appreciate you coming on speaking with me about... It, the uh, XFL and the upcoming season. Uh, thank you very much for listening at home. I'll be back again soon with another episode.